Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. There's a lot of information out there about bullying, but when the proverbial hits the fan, it can be difficult to know what to do. Awkward even. How do you support your child if they're being bullied? And what do you do if your child is the bully? Dr. Vanessa Lapointe is a psychologist and author. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? Hi, I'm brilliant. Thank you. Not all children will tell us they're being bullied. What might be some signs that they're being picked on? Usually the signs will come in the form of changes in terms of how they're presenting and acting in their daily life. And if it becomes really entrenched, you'll see changes happening even at a physiological level. So you would want to look for big shifts in the friend dynamic. Uh, You would want to look for big shifts in terms of how your child is behaving after school, at nighttime, in the morning before school. Um, And certainly, you know, things like a child who starts to struggle with sleeping, starts to struggle with toileting, even for school-aged children, When there's a lot of emotional upheaval, that can be a thing. And or starts to struggle around eating and food. Uh, These would all be big red flags at this point that something significant was amiss. How do you approach that conversation if you see those signs and you want to talk to your child about it? They're obviously reluctant to say anything to you. How do you start that chat? I think the chat starts outside the context of the query around bullying or if there's something going on at school or somewhere else that they want to talk about. Because before a child is able to enter into that kind of very loaded conversation, they need to be full of trust that the parent is going to be able to handle it and that they can thus be vulnerable in sort of opening up to the parent. As I have sat over the years and listened to children in my office talk about these kinds of experiences, the number one reason that they don't talk to their parents actually has nothing to do with what will happen after in terms of, you know, ridicule at school or being, you know, those kinds of things. The number one reason that they don't tell their parents is because they don't think their parents can handle it. Either their parents will be too angry or too sad, and the child doesn't want to saddle the parent with that experience. So really, the foundation is set by cultivating the kind of relationship with your child day in and day out, where they see you as their answer. And they really get that you're large and in charge and everything is figureoutable with you at the helm. Once you have that foundation, then you wait for your moment. You know, the other day I I knew there's some things going on with my son and I really wanted to talk to him about it, but I had to wait for the moment, the organic moment to present where I could raise what it was that needed to be touched upon perhaps. And so you'll wait for your moment. And when the moment presents, know that it might not take that time. So you often have to circle back around many times and create many opportunities for the conversation to unfold before the child will be able to take the leap. It requires a lot of courage for children to share those kinds of things. Once you have manage to find out what's going on. What is your next step as a parent? I know 
some schools don't want you to approach the other parent, even if you know them, they want you to go through the school. And I think that's where it can get challenging for parents because depending on your personality, you might be right out there, out the gates, you know, trying to take on the other parents or the child or whatever, or you might be someone who's feeling, oh, well, you know, I can imagine what it would feel like if someone came to me and told me that my child was bullying their kid. So it can actually be quite an awkward situation. How do you recommend you approach it as the adult? I think the first thing is that we now have to consider degrees of harm, if you will. And as a parent, how what your next step is, is going to be really dependent on your child's need and what it is that's happened. If it were to be a very significant kind of thing that's played out, and or if it were to have already impacted your child on really profoundly significant levels, then this is not an easy peasy, you know, I'm going to... Um, leave a message for the administrator and hope they get back to me and maybe we'll set up a meeting next week. This is a get big and get fierce and go now kind of circumstance. In those situations, I often um, talk with parents and I ask them one question. The question is, if you send your child to school tomorrow, can you absolutely know 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt that they will be safe, not just physically? but also emotionally. And if there's a no in any part of that answer, then the child isn't going back to school. Now that's an extreme kind of situation. When there's other, you know, um, usually social aggression where kids are being left out and that kind of stuff, that's probably when it's more appropriate to have some discussion with educators around what is the school culture? Is there a way that this can be addressed? What would they recommend so that you're following those appropriate kinds of channels? And in all of that, to also begin having some very real conversations with your child. For children who are being bullied, so on the receiving end of it, there often is experience of shame in that, where they feel like they're they're being treated that way because there's something wrong with them. And we want to pull the curtain back on why children behave in the way that a so-called bully is behaving. And that is because hurt people hurt people. And so for children to, and this is not an excuse, it is an explanation for why it's happening and an explanation that externalizes the bullying behavior and separates it from the child who's been on the receiving end. That that behavior becomes all about the other child and has actually nothing to do with your child. So that the child has an understanding of of where it's all flowing from. And then you would wanna stay on top of those pieces, stay on top of the communication with the school, begin to develop some ideas about how much is too much, be very tuned in to how your child is presenting, remembering that you're going to be listening often for what is not being said as opposed to what is being said, and um, increasing the intensity of your response according to the need of your child. And the flip side of that, of course, and you just touched on that, if you are approached by the school being told that your child is the bully, 
that can be as hard, if not harder, than finding out that your child is being bullied. Yeah. And, you know, when we go back to hurt people, hurt people, and all behavior is communication. Now, remember, we're talking about children. And we know by definition, their brains are not fully developed. They're still working at coming into themselves and getting all of that neural architecture in place to be able to be emotionally regulated and make good choices and all of those kinds of things. And so we would really, as a parent, rather than falling into the blame and shame hole ourselves, which would be so easy to do, you know, if the school calls up and says, your kid's the one that's being the bully. Rather than falling into the blame and shame hole yourself, really be willing to take a step back and wonder what's up for your child. What kind of hurt has landed inside their heart that has them presenting this way when they're amongst their peers? And what is your role now as their parent in order to ensure that that hurt gets healed and that the child is seen and heard for who they are and doesn't get, in turn, pulled into the same blame and shame hole as you're now perhaps wallowing in. It's such a tough situation on any side. Like I said, there's so much information out there about it, but the actual lived experience can be so challenging for parents to negotiate. Um, So Vanessa, thank you so much for your time on this today. My pleasure. That's Dr. Vanessa LaPointe. She's a psychologist and author, and I'll put links to her website in the notes of this episode. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us so we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover, send your email to feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.